In this world, there are so many good people. But in the Bible, it says there is no one who is good, not even one. So what do we say to all the people who are out there sincerely trying to be good, trying to do the good works? How do we help them see that being good is never going to be good enough and that this is why you need Jesus? If you think that you are good, then you won't see how much you need the good news. It's almost like the good in you will cancel out the good in good news. But see, it's not just news that Jesus died for you. It's good news, and the reason is because you need it. A lot of times when people are considering themselves good and they're trying to do good things, they don't see how much they need Jesus. And this is the Why You Need Jesus podcast. You can't just believe in him for extra blessings in your life. He's not an add-on to your faith. No, you need Jesus to die in your place, to pay for your sin, and you need his righteousness credited to your account. See, we might have more clarity if we change it from the word good to the word perfect. That's really the standard. We consider ourselves good people because somebody says we're a good person. We compare ourselves to other people and we seem like we're doing good compared to what they're doing. But the standard of comparison according to the scripture is God and all of us have fallen short of his glory. God commands righteousness. That's his expectation. Perfection. And as it says in James chapter 2, verse 10, if you just break one of the laws of God, it's like you've broken the whole thing. It's like you're guilty of all of it. So it's not about being good. It's about being perfect. Even if you were 99% good, but you broke God's law in one way, well, you're guilty now of all of it. So there's only one who is good. There's only one who is righteous by God's standard, and his name is Jesus Christ. And the problem that we have when we're trying to spread this good news of Jesus is people think they're already good, and so why do they need Jesus? So today we're getting into the need and why Jesus is the only name given under heaven among men, by which anyone is going to be saved. It's not my name. It's not your name. It's only in the name of Jesus. And for a lot of people, being good is what is keeping them from really needing Jesus Christ. Even people who are like Christians going to church or people who are in other religions like Catholics who think of themselves as good people and they end up relying on themselves and what they're doing rather than really transferring their trust to Jesus. So here we are today with our first ever guest, Mrs. Gina Buckles. And Gina, thanks so much for being here. Sure. And we've asked you to be here because we know that you grew up in the Roman Catholic Church and we just want to hear what was that like growing up in the church? What did you learn? Hmm. Um, I enjoyed growing up in the Catholic Church. I loved going to church. My mom took me every Sunday, and I loved going and singing those songs. I was, I did love and worship the Lord or worship God the Father. That's kind of who I'm more focused on, not necessarily Jesus, but God the Father. 
and learned a lot. Um, even though the miss, you know, we were, didn't have Bibles in the pews, but they were called missalettes. And they had scripture in them, so it was actual scripture. Kind of, I would compare it to like a daily bread kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, like a devotional. A devotional. It's a devotional. It had the scripture readings that the priest was going to say. I listened. Um, To be honest, I got more out of reading the scripture than listening than the priest's homily, because sometimes it didn't quite connect. Um, So that was difficult, but I did hear God's word, and so God's word definitely does not come back void. And so your impression growing up was that the Roman Catholic Church is the one true church. Yes, yeah. We are the one true church, so I felt like we were the ones who knew God and the other people didn't. And so I did have that feeling, well, if I know God, I need to share that with other people. But at the same time, I was afraid to share. It wasn't the cool thing to do, you know. It was kind of a thing you kept inside and you didn't or I was of like the thought of like, well, um, I'm okay, you're okay. So, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I knew that because I believed in God, I wanted other people to believe in God, and I knew I needed to share that. But I was afraid to do that. So you get into high school, mm-hmm. and you're going to a Catholic high school, right, Rosary High School. And at that point, you really start actually reading the Bible. Yes. And what happened then? Yeah. Well, um, and we started in the Old Testament. And, and actually, I went to private elementary school. So we mem- in elementary school, we memorized the Ten Commandments. We memorized the Beatitudes. We memorized our Father. We knew most of the main stories of the Old Testament, Joseph's coat of many colors, you know, creation, Moses, Noah, all of it, really. And then starting to, as you read, having questions for my religion teacher, hey, if it says we're supposed to confess our sins to God. Why do we confess our sins to a priest? Mm. And she really couldn't give me a good answer, just kind of like, well, that's what we do. And I thought, well, that's kind of not good enough. I want to know, because if we're reading God's Word and God's Word is true, then um, it should be here. Or right. And then even praying to Mary, that always bothered me, because even little, we memorized the Ten Commandments that told us not to worship idols, and you see, or uh, don't make for yourself any graven image, and there are graven images all over the church. So I felt like that wasn't really the right thing to do, but didn't say anything. I'm a kid. I'm going to obey my parents. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Right. <laughs> I'm going to honor my parents, do what I'm told. You know, they all thought I was going to become a nun, and I was like, oh, no, 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 I want a family. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... So the Bible, by reading it, it's starting to raise questions. Yes. Right? Yeah, right. And where did the, the, kind of where did those questions lead you? Um, with, I felt like that wasn't the right answer. And so then, um, then starting college, I felt like, well, why do I really need to go to church? You know, getting into, um, you know, sin and, um, and then... And then our friends that were Catholic with me, we were like, oh, that wasn't very good. We should just go to church. So, like, going to church made it better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was always this fear that I wasn't doing enough. Like, how do I know I'm going to get to heaven? Or even in high school, um, you know, and I homeschooled my girls. And so there's, like, three stages of kids' development. You have when they're younger, they – they just absorb a bunch of information. Then they're in the middle school age, and they're able to maybe um, articulate, answer questions about the information they've read. And then you get into high school, and you really start kind of debating or um, being able to kind of formulate your own thoughts. On a- what you're asking reading. a lot of questions. Yeah, and so um, 
so now I'm in high school. I'm realizing, hey, Christmas is nice. It has presents. But I'm here at Easter, and and I'm going to cry now because Jesus is dying on the cross, and I don't understand why. And I know that um, it's important, but I'm not making the connection. And I was really angry that I didn't understand this most important because obviously it was the most important one. Why? That was my question. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Or why did you think he wasn't going to die? He's God's son. He's God. He's perfect. He's going to do it. If God the Father tells him to do it, he's going to do it. And I knew he was God. You know, you, I understood the Trinity. I know some people maybe not understand the Trinity, but I grew up with it, so it wasn't hard a hard concept for me. Right. Um, because he did the sign of a cross. That was just what we were taught. So coming up now, as you're as you're coming of age, you're thinking, why is Jesus dying for me? And mm-hmm. feeling a sense of loss of understanding. Mm-hmm. And you're also having this question of how do I know I am good right. enough? How do I right. know? that I've done enough works right. uh, to go to heaven. Right. I lived in fear. And so then I just, and uh, my husband and I were about to get married. I'm like, what am I going to teach my children? What do I really believe? And so I just went back to the basic, like when I was young in the pew and heard, if you seek me, you will find me. And I believe that. I prayed. I said, God, you promised if I seek you, I will find you. <laughs> and um, so I said, I need to just think about you all the time. And then the radio program switched to my radio went from K-Rock to K-Wave. And I started hearing sermons and I was like, wow, this is really good. And um, and then went and then got married. We went up to Edmonton. They had a Bible study. It was um, uh, and it was through the Angels baseball, or actually all baseball. It was called Baseball Chapel, and they had one in Edmonton, Canada. Because your husband Gary Buckles played professional, played professional baseball. baseball. Yes. Yep. So, um, and my friend Mary Jane was raised Catholic. In fact, she lived right across from Rosary High School. She went to Troy High School. And she said, hey, Jean, I know we've been raised Catholic, but they have a Bible study when we get up there. Would you like to do that? I said, yeah, I would love to do that. I haven't read the Bible in a really long time. So we started, and, and of course the Bible teacher was impressed with my knowledge and my understanding, but I had grown up reading it basically since I was a kid. Right. And, um, but that doesn't mean I knew the truth. I didn't understand. And my friend Mary Jane said, oh, well, um, you know, we can see these people in person from the radio. So I started hearing the truth. Yeah. And I went to um, one of the gatherings, and I know I wasn't saved there, but I felt like I should go forward. That was the t- the era of, hey, do you want to believe in Jesus? Come forward. And yeah. immediately I thought, oh, my gosh, what are my Catholic parents going to say? But I ha- I know I have to tell them because I, I now know from everything that I have ever read as a child, he just made it sense. To- he made sense to me. Right. It made sense. So now when you start going to the Bible study, you're starting to hear sermons, you're going to services. Right. Now the gospel is becoming clear. Yes. And so even though you know your parents aren't going to like it, you know you need Jesus. Right. Yes, I definitely knew. And I was, and I, but I wanted to go forward. But I I would say that, say I did go forward that day, I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't have been saved because I could, I wouldn't have been able to articulate why I went forward. Yeah. You need to know gospel repentance and faith. Yes. Um, I didn't understand that, but I knew what they were saying was true. And it reminded me of the verse that Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. And I heard it loud and clear. And I knew, even though I didn't go forward because I was afraid of what my parents would say, I thought I was going to get disowned. Um, I knew if I did get disowned, that would be okay. Because what I'm hearing is true. I'm going to continue to listen to it because I'm, I believe I'm hearing the truth. So looking back now, 
what are the fundamental differences between what you thought growing up Roman Catholic Mm -hmm. and what you believe as a Christian today? Yeah, well, it was a series of you do these steps. So you're baptized as a baby. You say your first confession, which is important. You need to confess your sin. but a lot now for me, I would I might have been different than other Catholic kids. I would confess my sin and really try and turn from it. But in my own strength, I would right. see myself failing. So that there can't comes in the fear yes. of I'm confessing my sin, but Lord, I keep doing it. So how do you keep forgiving me every time? I know Paul or Peter said seven times seven. He told him that, but I was still in fear of. But what if I get up there and you say no? So it was that fear. So there was a lack of assurance of yes, salvation. Yes, lack of right? assurance. So then here's that, okay, so if you just go straight to October, a Monday in October, listening to the radio, all of a sudden I heard, do you want to be sure you can be saved? I'm like, yes, I want to be sure. How can you be sure? And then just the he, he explained it as that um, we're not good enough, which I totally understood. But Jesus is. He's God, and he sacrificed himself for you. He died in your place. And then the light bulb went on, and I thought, it's not based on me. It's based on what Jesus did. He's perfect. And then all of a sudden, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I knew the story of the Lamb's blood over the doorpost. It passed you over. I needed Jesus' blood that death would pass me over. And... It just was, and then all of a sudden Christmas, so when I'm thinking of in high school, now Christmas isn't baby Jesus in the manger, cute baby Jesus, it's, wow, he came to die. That was his whole purpose, Mm. was to die for me. Christmas had a whole new meaning. I was just like, wow, it wasn't Santa Claus anymore. I think I shared with Krista, your wife, I was like, I wanted to get rid of Santa Claus, my family. That's so upset. Even my Christian family. It was about Jesus. It was about Jesus, not Santa Claus. So inspired by you, we have encouraged people when they're talking to Catholics here at our church Mm -hmm. to say, hey, I I, I wanted to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. How do you know for sure Mm -hmm. that you're saved? How do you have assurance that you're going to heaven because for you that was such a pivotal difference yes, when it was. when it was you trying to be good mm-hmm. and constantly failing right but but really sincerely trying mm-hmm. but there was no assurance right. right when the trust was placed into Jesus mm-hmm. taking your place mm-hmm. right now there was com- yeah yes. confidence, confidence real faith right right and so that's the question to ask anybody, Roman Catholic or really or anybody, any, lots of people think they're good. Yeah, and they may not associate with Roman Catholicism. They no. may just be trying to be a good person. Right. Right. Well, how do you know for sure right. that works when you don't have the finished work of Jesus Christ to trust in? There is no assurance. Right. And so, well, thank you so much yeah, for coming and sharing with us why you need Jesus. Yep. You're welcome. So one of the things that's been so sad for me to see is how many people, like Gina, have grown up in the Roman Catholic Church and got this impression about being a good person. And it's a standard that they can never really live up to and how that traps them. One of the other things that I think everybody knows the Catholic Church for is the idea of confessing your sins to a priest. And people know about the confessional, and you go in there, and there's a priest there, and you tell him what you did, and the priest is going to give you some sort of penance to do. And yet there has been such scandal that everyone knows about now 
with the idea of Catholic priests, priests who are supposed to be celibate, and they have mistreated people, and everybody knows about that. And yet I don't hear the Catholic Church confessing that. I don't hear them saying we're wrong about that, we need to change that. The idea that we need a priest, we don't need a priest besides Jesus Christ. He is our priest right now at the right hand of God. There were priests in the Old Covenant, but in the New Covenant, uh, the sacrifice has been the body and blood of Jesus, and the priest bringing us straight into the holy presence of God is Jesus himself. There's no need for priests. And the idea that priests would be celibate, I don't know where that idea is coming from, because the leaders it does talk about in the church, the the pastors, the deacons, they're all husbands of one wife, but yet there's no confession that this priesthood is wrong, even though it's been wrong to so many people. And the whole idea that it's given people that just keep trying to be good, confess and go back and try again to do better, work it off, it's left so many people with a lack of confidence, a lack of assurance in their salvation when the Bible is written so that you would know that you are saved. But the Bible wants everyone to know. Jesus wanted his sheep to know that he holds them in his hand and he would never let go of them, that the good shepherd died for his sheep because he loves them and they hear his voice and follow them. Jesus definitely wants his people to know that they are his people and have assurance rather than constantly questioning their salvation. And so let me talk to those who are Christians, those who have believed in Jesus. You're saying amen to this. You're saying, yes, I know that it's not about me being good. It's not about any good thing that I have done. The only way, the only truth, the only life is through Jesus Christ. If I want to get to the Father, he has to be the priest who will lead me into a relationship with the Father, bring me in the presence of the Father. It's not based on the works that I'm doing. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ through his death on the cross to pay for our sins and his resurrection to give us a new life. If you believe that about Jesus, I want to leave you with this verse from the book of Galatians, which is all about being justified, being declared righteous by our faith in Jesus and not by any works that we do. And it says, are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? This is something that he's writing to these believers in the church in Galatia who would say, yeah, we were saved by faith. We were saved by getting a spiritual life, being made alive in Christ, the Spirit of God put within us. We're saved by faith and not by works, but then they're living their Christian lives like it's their works that are going to get them somewhere. Are you a tryhard? Are you living today to do better? Or are you living today to let the life of Jesus work through you. These are two completely different mentalities. One is, I'm going to go try to do good works today. The other one is, I got to trust that God is the one doing the work in me. Remember, we need Jesus even as believers because apart from Jesus, we can do how much? A little bit of good, some good, mixed results, good and bad? No, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And the way that we're going to live for Jesus is remaining in him, staying in him, 
We're going to let the Spirit produce His fruit in our life. And the way that we're going to access on a daily basis this spiritual life, the way we're going to access this power of Jesus' resurrection that's in us is as we get in the Word, we'll get filled with the Spirit. As the Word of Christ dwells in us richly, as we pray, God will answer our prayers. He will empower us. He will cause us to do good works. They will be the fruit of God's work in us, not something we're trying to do ourselves. So please, if you're listening to this podcast, will you stop trying to be good and will you celebrate that Jesus has already been good, righteous, and perfect for you? And the only way that you're going to do good today is through the power of Jesus working in your life, through his Holy Spirit causing you to obey his commands through the Bible, through the word of God and prayer, having their effect in you to produce spiritual fruit. That's the way you're going to be good. It's Jesus in you because you need Jesus.